On this latest edition of the Real Deal Podcast, of course, I was joined by one Rob Sack. He discussed his Buffalo Bills and their upcoming showdown with the Cincinnati Bengals. We also deep-dived the Lamar Jackson-Baltimore Raven situation, which could get ugly in the offseason, and speculate on what will happen with that. Uh, Rob Sapp had a hot take on the future of Tom Brady, and we dissected the just embarrassing collapse of the Los Angeles Chargers and what it may mean for them, uh, for their future uh, long term. That, as well as the biggest disappointment, who won the week, and questions for Sap. Enjoy the podcast. Welcome to this latest edition of the Real Deal Podcast. I'm the host, of course, Cyril Joel Quinn. As we record this on a Wednesday evening, uh, episode 865, 865, uh, NFL Week 19 wildcard review. Uh, of course, we're going to look back at the wildcard games and, of course, ahead to what should be a tremendous and fun divisional uh, playoff weekend. As always, I'm joined by one, Robert Sapp. So, Sapp, how are you doing this evening? Yes, sir. I'm doing very well. I'm doing very well. Very uh, excited to talk about all of the great action from this past week. Yeah, a lot of great action. Um, and I was just completely wrong as far as, like, I was complaining about the number of games mm-hmm. and the teams, how many teams mm-hmm. were there, were in it. The bottom line is, if you have seven, you got 14 teams, seven games, uh, seven games. They're gonna be some duds. That's all there is to it. They're gonna be. They're gonna be one or two duds. There were, but there were five excellent games. The two duds were were what they were. They were kind of predictable, especially for you with the Dallas thing and I, the Seattle thing. We we both saw coming a mile away. But you had other than mm-hmm. that. I mean, those the five games that we got five excellent, highly competitive uh, football games and and a and you know some. History made on the wrong side, almost history, semi history made on the wrong side by the charges. We'll talk about that. But as always, we can begin with the the themes. Uh, I have a couple of themes. The NFC East crashes the party, and they're the reason I don't gamble. So, uh, what were your themes of this past weekend? (laughs) I mean, it is is absolutely um, no need to say. Like that, that just has to be the, just the bottom line for everybody. No league is safe at all. Um, and then um, the final fall of the, of, the, of the great one is my, is my um, other thing. Is it the final fall? We'll talk more. We'll talk more about that, of course. We'll, we'll, flush, we'll, we'll unpack that. How about, uh, yeah, we, we, okay. All right, because I have, definitely have a hot take. Got you. All the thoughts, uh, the Buffalo Bills get by the Miami Dolphins 34-31. Mm-hmm. Similar okay. to the first time these two teams met where the Bills physically pushed Miami uh, all, all over the field, outgained them 423 to 231. But three Bill turnovers kept Miami in it. Miami got some confidence, especially in the second quarter with the 17 points. And next thing you know, they were fighting for their lives, were able to survive. Um, listen, it's not about style points when you get to the playoffs. It's, you know, like the late, great Jim Bavano once said, survive in advance. Um, so you don't have to apologize for any playoff wins. Um, I'll say this. 
uh, in regards to Josh Allen because Josh, this was a Josh Allen game to me. And when I think of Josh Allen being the wire fanatic that I am, Josh Allen, I came to the, to the conclusion, Josh Allen is Jimmy McNulty. He's a Jimmy McNulty of the NFL. And I say that because he's a guy who I think has the highest ceiling of any quarterback in the league. His ceiling, his apex. Jimmy McNulty, great detective, high clearance rate. But the problem is the self-destructive behavior of one Jimmy McNulty. It's the reason why I would take Lester Freeman, why I would take Bunk, while I would take even Kima over McNulty as far as if I if I just want consistency and just uh, a steadiness in terms of on the, on my team, on my particular team as a as a law enforcement. For the bill for the for you know for the Bills with uh Allen his self-destructive behavior is our the turnovers. These turnovers come in bunches, seemingly. He had he had two, he had, excuse me, well, three. He had three in the playoff game. The the fumble, of course, the strip fumble and the two interceptions. The two interceptions, the the first I mean, just inexcusable interceptions. And I think that when I see Josh Allen, it's a kind of like a conundrum. It's like it is like he's fighting in the Bills as well as the organization. They're f- he's fighting his own talent. Like, you can be so talented to where there are missteps in fundamentals. There are missteps in terms of just always going, seemingly just wanting the home, the home run all the time. You know what I want in my quarterback, especially in the postseason? I want a singles and doubles quarterback. I don't need the grand slam or three-run home run in the playoffs. I don't. If it comes, cool. But I want a singles and doubles. You know what happens with you know what happens to teams in, the, in Major League Baseball who are home runs and strikeouts? They lose in the postseason. They get exposed. So that was my epiphany on Josh Allen. Uh, well, not not so much epiphany, but that's 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 who Josh Allen is to me. He's Jimmy McNulty. What are your thoughts? Um, so um, the game itself, like I said, I, I knew it was going to be such an annoying game. I just, I just knew it. I knew it. It's the third time. It's the playoff. The Bills, Dolphins is just going to annoy me, and that's exactly what the game did. It was an, it was an annoying game. Um, at no point in time. Was I worried we were going to lose the game? But to your point of everything you said, and then I add in um, our inability to uh, run consistently and effectively, our protection breaking down, um, my disappointment in the secondary, a lack of days for tackles by our biggest stars, and it just was irritating to, um, to watch. But with that being said, like you said, there just isn't any apology for wins in the playoffs. It just isn't. Um, and so um, advance and go on and ideally finally play the Cincinnati game that um, that should be played, like against two 
two teams. I really want to see how good Cincinnati is against us and how good we are against Cincinnati. I really, really want to see this. If we're if we're number two or if we're if we're you've been replaced by Cincinnati. I I want to know this. So um you know this this actually is the game that um I'm the most interested to 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 watch in probably a very long time. Yes, it's a fascinating matchup. Um, it's again, uh, we'll, we'll talk certainly talk more about it later on the podcast. But um, you know, listen, take the win, you move on, you want at home. And to your point, I never thought there was never even when they took the lead, there was never a moment where I thought the Miami Dolphins were going to win this game. The their offense was pathetic. They couldn't even get. I mean, listen, they, Skyler Thompson. That's all you need to know. But yeah, just so even, <laughs> yeah, third string quarterback, and also they just, uh, you know, uh, no discombobulation as far as just getting plays in and things of that nature. Um, now, again, to their credit, they they battled. Like there was, they you know, was no excuses in terms of uh, having a third string quarterback. Matter of fact, they turned that into like a you know. A rallying cry, you know, the no respect, and they went out there and and you know, made it a fourth quarter game, which is all you can ask for as an underdog and being on the road. Like they were right there, had the ball with a chance to at least at uh, get, you know go down the field for a possibly tying field goal. But again, you had a third string quarterback. Uh, they were not in, like in any shape, way, or form, were going to win. Uh, with that game, uh, and the game shouldn't have been as close as it was, but. We saw this recurring over the course of the weekend, minus the Seattle-San Francisco game. And even to that, for at least a half, that those divisional battles are never easy. Like, you know this team. You, you, I mean, you're familiar with each other throughout the course of a season, throughout the course of two to three, four, five years. If, if, you have, if you've had the same cast, main cast of players, if you had even the same cast, uh, same uh, collection of coaches and what have you, so those division games are like are that's why I, that's why I love them. I love the playoff divisional games because they you just don't they're know rock fights. Yeah, they are. Yeah. They they are rock. They're absolutely rock fights for sure. Like that one hundred percent. That is a perfect you know description of it of them. Um, game of the week. Baltimore comes up short versus against Cincinnati Bengals or Cincinnati. I should say Cincinnati survives Baltimore twenty four seventeen. Um, this played out ex- exactly how I expected it would play out. Like Baltimore, Cincinnati would win the game, but they would make Baltimore. They would make uh, Baltimore would make them bleed in order to do so, and it would be a just they it like they it would. This game was going to be a fourth quarter game. This game was going to come down to uh, a play here, a play there, and that's exactly. What it came down to. Uh, over the course, listen. All you had to, all you need to know. Over the course of the season, the Baltimore defense held Joe Burrow in check. Period. All three meetings, they held him in check. So that I mean, they really since they offense really did next to nothing. Uh, you know, he scored seventeen points. Um, of course, you get the the fumble recovery, ninety-eight yards, which of course you know that was the, the deciding play of the game. Uh, I like I've never been a guy who believes in 
unless you are Randall Cunningham in his prime, or unless you who's or Walter Payton that leaving your feet to jump in, jump in the end zone. Like I, I just never like that. That that never to me has been a winning play on the goal line. He jumped a a yard or two too early, got caught out there in no man's land. Defender made a great play, and and there you go. Um. So again, he's a second string quarterback. Okay, we're talking about Tyler Huntley here. Not it's not Lamar Jackson. So you know, I know that um, Harbaugh took some heat off for some like play calling, what have you. But again, I I'm not I can't knock Baltimore. This was a game that they were not supposed to win on the road against a team that frankly is better than them. Uh, Cincinnati did what it had to do um, to get to the next round. The offense, of course, their offensive line has to be concerning moving forward, especially this week. So that is a concern that reared his ugly head again. Again, with with, with the Bengals, they um, currently have three offensive linemen that are down right now. Um, how many of those guys will play this week? Uh, we don't know as exactly as of yet. At least two of them are going to be out. Two of them are going to be out. But they have some issues with that. And you saw it in the play calling. They were not able to go down the field like they, like they, you know, like they normally do. They didn't even try to, to be honest with you. And rightfully so. Uh, trying to keep their quarterback upright. And the running game was not, you know, next to non-existent. So, you know, excellent game. Excellent, just a physical Physical, well played for the most part. Well played football game, minus you know the Tyler Huntley, Tyler uh, Huntley jump, <laughs> uh, jump minus that. It was a extremely well played. No, actually, I thought he actually played well for the most part. Uh, to be honest with you, he made some plays with his legs. Um, you know they, we know how. Yeah, no, not to blame. No, no, they we know how limited they are. Even when Lamar Jackson's healthy, so. Mm-hmm. Offensively, minus Mark Andrews, they have one weapon. Offensively, uh, that's that's Mark Andrews, and that's it. He's the entire pass offense. You know, pretty good running game. And the running game is not what it is without, of course, Lamar Jackson. So that team is a limited offensive football team. But to their credit, they had got and over the course of the last eight nine games, they had gotten their defense right to a point to where it became formidable, formidable again. And again, Baltimore has a, has a lot of pride. That team has a lot of pride. Uh, they've won a lot of games over the course and in the hardball era. So, we again, this game, nothing surprised me about this game. This game played out exactly how I thought it would play out. Yeah, yeah. I agree with that. Um, but, um, you know, this is another one of those divisional rock fights. I mean, it just, it just actually was. This was, um, this was AFC North football. Hard nose, hard hitting. Nobody giving an inch the entire game. Um, that that fumble, that fumble return for a touchdown was. Uh, it just my. I immediately flashed back to the Ben Roethlisberger. Um, yeah, James, uh, James Harrison. Yeah, uh-huh. James Harrison. Yeah, that. I just, oh. it just, it's just, it just, it just, it, it, that's it. That's it. That's. That's the game. That's it. That's the game in the play. It just those are just devastating to recover from. Just devastating. Um. So, uh, 
you know, or Troy, the Troy Potter model flying through the air, stop, you know, like it just, just, it's, it's a play that means a game and a game that was going to be, um, you know, 50-50 in the Bengals made that, that special play to win the game. So you got to give them all the credit in the world for that. Yeah, no, they did what they had to do. And the bottom line is the Bengals over the last two years now, four and one in the playoffs. They know this iteration of them, led by Coach Joe Burrow, they know how to win close games. That's all there is to it. They're comfortable in these close games. I know the the kicker, the kicker finally missed. I think he missed the extra point finally. But the kicker, they mostly he's he is a, he, they have a top kicker. They have a a top defensive coordinator, and they have Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow and that okay, but for a second, I thought we were talking about Dallas's kicker. I thought you were about, he finally made an extra point. No, 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 no. He's still, not like, there yet. The, fact, the fact that he still has a job is amazing to me, but we'll, no, we'll talk yeah, about that. Yeah. But, um, we'll get there, we'll get there. Uh, yeah, that team knows how to win close games. Like, they, all their playoff games the last two years, uh, this year and last year, have been close, have been one-score games. And they, you know, just, it, they seemingly just find a way to make a play that's going to decide the game that goes in their favor. It just, it's, you know, it's now, my, now, again, the Super Bowl was a different story, but that they easily could have won that game. And again, if you play enough close games, you're going to finally lose one, as the Vikings found out this week. Um, but that, that they, they I, I like Cincinnati's just tenacity and just the mental toughness that they have. I mean, you know, going back to being down, what, 21-3 at the half on the road against, against Kansas City let you all let you know all you need to know when in two road playoff games last year. So, the team, they know how to win. That's all they do it. They, they, they're a team that knows how to win. And certainly, I, to your point, cannot wait for the matchup against Buffalo. So it's just a, it's just without question to me, just the most attractive of all the matchups that we have uh, this weekend. It's just a massive game. It's a massive game for all the implications on the field and in the playoffs. It's a massive game for everything that has happened since they have since last time they were on the field. It's just a massive game. Massive. Absolutely. Games of note. Um, we know what have transpired with Dallas and San Francisco, so we'll say that when we preview their matchup in the divisional playoff, which will be the prime time Sunday, which is right and right and absolutely should be. That's a classic, classic rivalry um that uh that will that will be showcased. Jacksonville, um Los Angeles. Um so only the Chargers could lose a game not only up twenty seven nothing, but a game where they force five turnovers and don't turn the ball and have zero turnovers, where Jacksonville is four for 13 on third downs and fourth downs combined, and the Chargers were eight for 17. They, like, I thought that, I <laughs> again, this is why you love sports, because you think, you think that I've seen a lot, not seen it all, but seen a lot, and something like this happens. Yeah, again, this, this comeback, it makes all the sense and no sense at all to me. 
I watched, I rewatched the game, not the entire game, but the condensed version, and I'm like, there were two defining plays uh, that obviously that killed Chargers, the Joey Bosa inexcusable penalty that that encouraged them to go for two when it was thirty to twenty, when it was thirty to twenty six. It, it would happen. It would happen. They they were not going to go for two before that. They were going to go. They were going to hit the extra point. That is it. That is just. It's one of like it's the it dumbest happened. one of one of is one of the dumbest penalties I ever seen in a big spot in a long it time. Happened. It, it absolutely it cannot happened. happen. It absolutely it cannot happen. And then of course you had the it kicker, happened. the Charger kicker, missing a forty yard field goal that would have put them up thirty three to twenty. Uh, so those are the two big plays that you need in a collapse like that. When you're making a when you're making a historical miraculous comeback, it was like the fourth largest comeback in NFL history. But again, this is what this is what the charge. This is the history of the Chargers in the last twenty twenty five years. So this is what the Chargers do. It's the, I still don't think it's worse than two thousand six. Because that team was a Super Bowl. That team I thought was the best team in football. The Dan Thompson and that that was a loaded football team. And the Patriots were celebrating a divisional playoff game for a reason. There's a reason why they were celebrating because they knew they had no business winning that game. So I still think if I were a Charger fan, that two thousand six would be worse. But this this game has so many, like, it. This was a big game for that organization moving forward. Like, it's such a big, it's such a gigantic loss. Other than stating the obvious, getting I not agree with that more. But this was a. This is such a. This was a. We're going to be looking back and saying that it's like a fork in a road type loss for that franchise because certainly, listen, Stanley. I, I think Staley's. I think he's going to be gone. Like I, I can't. You can't be my coach after that. I'm sorry. You can't. Like I can't have. You can't be my coach forward. You just can't. Uh, I got some more on this. But what were your thoughts? Yeah. Um. Uh. Jacksonville was dead. Like, like this comeback felt even more epic than the Colts one. Um. Because Jacksonville was dead. I've never seen an offense melt down harder than they did in that first half. And first then quarter. Able to rejuvenate. I've never seen that first quarter. I've never seen that. I've never seen that. Like that, I, they were dead. I knew they were dead. I knew it. There was no doubt in my mind. And um, like you said, the Chargers are going to charge. They just are. And, like, at a certain point, you are who you are. So, there's, like, not only can me as a viewing fan never, ever trust them, but to your point, this is, I do think this is an organizational altering loss where you fundamentally can't trust yourself. How can you? You got five turnovers to none and still lost a playoff game. For real. Make that make sense. It doesn't. Like you said, you watched that game twice. I watched that game twice. It still doesn't make sense to me. How? How? And then, I mean, Bosa, you're a veteran. You're the defensive superstar. No. Can't have that type of game. Not in the playoffs. Can't do it. Just can't. Just can't. You know, there's only, I mean, you need him, of course, but if Coach, owner, general, we're having a conversation. Oh yeah, no conversations. Conversation. No, a conversation. Yeah, we're having a conversation. Yeah, no, I, yeah. That can't ever. Yeah. That can't ever ever happen. Yeah, no conversation. That yeah. defense goes. That defense goes how you go. Yeah. If you effing meltdown, 
they're going to melt down. You can't do it. You can't, you can't have a seal in your chest to do that. You just can't do it. So um, I could not be more disappointed in his performance. But that was, that was a critical um, role, like that play, and his just general disposition in that second half was a critical factor into that defense. Um, not even melting down, they just wilted. They just wilted. They surrendered. They surrendered. They said the offense isn't doing anything, whatever. Um, pathetic, just, just, just a pathetic performance by the Chargers because you absolutely may not ever lose that type of game. You just may not. So that's those my thoughts. The flip side is is the Jacksonville. The Jack, from, the, from the Jacksonville perspective, I have to, you have to give all the credit in the world to Doug Peterson. This is what Doug Peterson was the MVP of the game because we've seen, we've, seen, we've seen teams melt down in the first quarter and just completely not recover. We saw it, in my, we saw it you know what it was starting to remind me of? It started to remind me of Kyler Murray against the Rams last year. That's what it was starting to remind me of. That was epic. And the franchise, by the way, the franchise still hasn't recovered from that performance. So we like we know what those performances can do, not only for the game of putting you out the playoffs, but just to to your franchise in general. Yeah, and, yeah, to your point, the the Chargers coaching staff didn't coach forgot that it was a sixty minute game. Just forgot. Yeah, no, yeah, no, that's the thirty minutes. And we're good. Yeah. We're out of here. That's oh, why I have to give Pe- that's why I have to give Peterson all the credit in the world because his team, unlike Joey Bosa, they kept their cool. The quarterback kept it. They, 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 you know, made stop turning over the ball, which is, I'm sure was number one on the list. Let's stop it. Let's stop turning over the ball and let's see what happens. The score before the score at the end of the half was was ginormous to make it 27-7. Like that was because like Chargers actually could have been should have been up by more. Uh, to be honest with you, so that that score at that score at the half before the half was. That was, you know, that was a game changer from that standpoint. That was like, okay, twenty is manageable. Yep. It's twenty manageable. is not insurmountable, no, at all. Yep. And yep. you know, I've seen this again. More. I, I, I see this in terms of the importance of coaches. Coaches, for the most part, in professional sports, the regular season is fine, and you you use the regular season as a teaching and building up great habits. Of course, you're trying to get to the postseason trying to get to the postseason through developing those habits and the culture and what have you and all that great stuff. But coaches are hired for the postseason. You're hi- I'm hiring a guy with the whole idea that you can navigate my team under the highest pressurized situation, which is the postseason. So a Doug Peterson, a guy, somebody who's won, won a Super Bowl as a even as a backup quarterback and also as a head coach, 27 nothing, 27 7. It's like, all right, let's, let's settle down. You know, we'll make a couple tweaks here and there. We're at home, so on and so on, and see what happens. Um, so it was like, I, like, I, cause I, you know, we whip coaches all the time. We whip, we're whipping Brandon Staley for how his team responded. So, the flip side, I have to give the coach credit, uh, when you make, that type of when you make that type of comeback, uh, that type of comeback, and don't get a lot of help. They like, yeah, the Chargers made the two. The Bosa play was 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 idiotic. 
and the field goal kicker missed the field goal, but they didn't. They the Chargers didn't turn over the football, so it's not like yeah, there was no special nope. there was no special teams scores or anything punt block return touchdown kickoff none of that. So yeah, they got some help, but that your quarterback had to play out of his mind, which Joe, Trevor Lawrence did in the second half, and they were patient. That was when I watched it the second time, the first time, the second time. I noticed how patient Jacksonville was. It wasn't like let's go for the home run, eighty yard pass. No, we're gonna take the checkdowns, take some of these crossing. They did some crossing patterns and go from there. They had a seven minute drive, so all they like they were getting chunk plays. They were patient and they stayed the course and they mentally, physically, and mentally wore down the Chargers, which is not which is not hard to do in terms of mentally because we know they are <laughs> mentally weak. We know they melt like ice cream. So give Jacksonville the credit, but that to your point, to our point, that would be the Chargers, that would be a loss that the that that changes to me the course of the direction of that of that franchise or what they in terms of what they're gonna try to do uh moving uh forward. Um Giants Minnesota uh I, I had this game dead the rights. Uh, Giants 31, Minnesota 24. This was the, the absolute Daniel Jones game. Daniel Jones was the best player on the field. Um, he played the, the best game of his career. Uh, you can talk about 300 yards passing, 70 yards rushing. Uh, he's really played well down the stretch, to be honest with you. Look at the overall numbers. Eight touchdowns, just one, one interception in his last seven games. And I'll be honest with you, I walked away from this game thinking that the Giants uh, might have found their quarterback. I'm not saying Daniel Jones is going to be the second come the next, you know, Phil Sims or superstar type quarterback. But I'm saying I I think there is there is some franchise potential. There is a franchise potential there with with him, and we're seeing how if he continues to develop in the way he's developing, and they get better pieces around him, offensive line, receivers, things of that nature. Uh, there's no reason why he can't be that quarterback for the next, you know, seven to eight years or so. Um, but the Giants, I, I thought the Giants absolutely would win this game. I had you, you know, that I had zero faith in Minnesota. I'm not saying Minnesota played poorly, but you know, it's something to be. It's, listen, there's, there's an advantage of playing a team, losing to them, and playing them within the next two to three weeks. That or for within a within a month span, they played them. I think last month uh, or late December. They had, so they were very familiar with what they were doing. Um, and they should have been. They could have easily won the first time in that in that building. By the way, so that they weren't they were not going to be shipped by on the road and playing inside that building. So give the Giants all the credit in the world. They continue, you know, just this magical couple ride of a season. Uh, the bowl, get Brian Dable, get all the credit in the world. Uh, should be, you know, interesting all season for Minnesota. We both think Kirk Cousins will be back for at least one more year. Uh, what were your thoughts on this game? Yeah, my, my thoughts were um, Dable is that dude. He's that yep. dude. Yep. Um, but, I mean, it just it is as, as plain as day. You can see the drop-off in Josh Allen. You can see the elevation of Daniel Jones. Yep. I don't know how good Daniel Jones is. I just know Dable can coach the hell out of a quarterback and get him to play at his peak efficiency. And that's why I saw Daniel Jones. You want to talk about the the difference, the variance of play that Josh Allen experienced? There was no variance with Daniel Jones at all, like no variance at all. Um, that it it was it was impressive to to watch 
um, to watch that, to watch that game plan emerge. And, you know, I, I, I tried. I tried to take out for Minnesota. I really, really tried. <laughs> like, but I tried. I tried. But that, that Green Bay game broke me. Even broke me. And it appears, you know, the Vikings were never, ever really able to recover. And they absolutely were who everybody said they were. And so they should just go home shaking their heads. I mean, at the end of the day, it was absolutely the same old Vikings. They can flash, but have no ability to finish. And I think that, honestly, is the epithet of Kirk Cousins' career. He can flash. They couldn't finish shit. No, no, no. And then you know we talked about outplayed by Daniel Jones. How dare you? Yeah, at home (laughs) at that. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, to put that in perspective, right? You didn't outplay by a guy who's making their first ever postseason start with with less talent around him. By the way, compared to the pieces that you have. So oh my gosh, that. Just tells you all you need it's to know. Disable that offense? Oh my goodness! Uh, oh yeah, please. please, yeah, yeah, like no, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's come on, yeah, come on. Those skills come on, yeah. Just come on, stop playing. That's what. No excuse. Yeah, I mean, we talked about ceilings for for quarterbacks early on. The ceiling is very close to the floor when it comes to Kirk Cousins. It's not that <laughs> that ceiling. The difference between the ceiling and the floor is not that far when it comes to Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins who can get you to the playoffs with a certain amount of talent around him, but that's about it. And in today's NFL, with the expansion of the playoffs and what have you, getting to just getting to, getting to the playoffs and losing is like that's not a good season. Like that's just not unless unless you were like the Giants or unless you were like a team like if Detroit made it somebody like that. But for the most part, if you've been knocking on the door or you had a, a guy a veteran quarterback that's Pro Bowl caliber or had those type of weapons, that's not a very that's not a good that's not going to be considered a good season anymore. Like just at all, this is not like the Chargers losing not only how how they lost, but them losing in general with Justin Herbert. To that team, to the Jacksonville, even if it had been like a one, even if it had been a close game, or even if it had been, even if it wouldn't have been in like a collapse like that, it's not a good season. It's just not like it's just again, it's it's much easier to get to the playoffs than what it once was. So that that bar has been raised. So from that standpoint, I would say, despite their thirteen and four record in the regular season divisional title, I don't think that I wouldn't categorize that as a successful season uh, for the Minnesota Vikings. To, to be honest with you. Even though I had no faith in them as a Super Bowl contender, so the Giants will advance, of course, to play their longtime divisional rivals, the Philadelphia Eagles. So, before we get to the uh, biggest disappointment, who won the week? Um, we're going to deep dive a subject that's been ongoing for the, basically the entire season, um, and definitely cast a, a, a heavy shadow over the Baltimore Cincinnati game on Sunday night. Um, and that's, of course, Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson, of course, we know will not be an outright free agent. There's no such thing as outright free agents. Um, 
in the NFL, if you haven't, especially if you haven't been franchised, of course, your friend, your team has the right always to franchise you. So he's not, you know, like, not like an NBA clear cut, that type of free agent, but does not have a contract for next year. Um, you know the story. Once, you know, wants to be a highest paid quarterback in the league. He's coming off two seasons. He has not finished the last two seasons. So he's missed 10 games in the last two seasons. Uh, a lot of talk about the injury this year This year with the PCL. I'm not going to sit there and question his toughness or what have you, in terms of what have you. If I was advising him or his people close to him, I wouldn't have played either without a contract. That's just the I like When I heard Michael Vick call him out for not saying I would have put a brace on it and suited up for the team, I'm like, Mike, do you realize he's not, he doesn't have a contract? Do you understand that? Like, what, what are we talking about here? Like you would, so you would play football without a contract for the future. Like, like that's that's insane. As a fan, I mean, I, and I it jumped out because this is a this is a ex quarterback. This is a, this is like a fellow ex quarterback. Like, like, what are we talking about here? Do you I was like? Did you even realize that he doesn't have a contract? Maybe you forgot that he doesn't have a contract. Maybe maybe that just slipped your mind, which I don't know how that would be possible. But the bottom line is, I'm not knocking Lamar Jackson for not playing. Um. And I'm not knocking Baltimore for not giving him all the guaranteed money, which they won't. Um, here's what I will say before I hand it over to Mr. Sapp. These two are much better, much, 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 much better together than they will ever be apart. You don't replace a franchise MVP caliber quarterback. The last you can ask a you can ask ask the Miami Dolphins. Right, ask the like, just ask a number of franchises. You just don't like what happened in Green Bay, what happened in San Francisco. That will probably never happen in the history of the NFL. Having back-to-back Hall of Fame, all-time great caliber quarterbacks. It's just it's like that's like that's just like lightning. That's, that's not going to happen. So you can say it sounds great to say. Yo, let's, you know, uh, trade him and get a high pick and move on from this situation. That sounds great. It sounds like, oh, that's, you know, we, this is, we, you know, not for the team, not traveling with the team, so on, blah, 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 so on, so on. Okay. Should he have been with the team? Probably. Probably. But does that mean that we're going to all of a sudden move off a guy who was a unanimous MVP in 2019 and who is still only 26 and still has, potential to get better and are we looking at ourselves in the mirror in terms of the weapons that we've had around him and coaching him up to be a threat a better threat out of the pocket um and again if you're Lamar Jackson are you you know going to another team you know you've done a lot of winning in Baltimore they do have a great culture that is a championship culture They've had excellent defenses. John Harbaugh is a above-average coach. You know, not a lot of great franchises out there. It's not. I root for one that's horrible, and it's more of them seemingly than it is quality franchises. So we'll see how this plays out. But I'll say this: they're they again they are better together than they will ever be apart. What are your thoughts? Yeah, but uh, irreconcilable differences. It, it appears that they just is not going to be able to find a way 
to be together. And yeah, I agree with you. It's, uh, they are much better together than they will ever be apart. So you think you think a trade a trade is imminent? You don't think I just think it's, it's somehow, some way, they're going to not be together. It just, it just appears to be headed that way. However, it happens. Yeah. I mean, I like, yeah, through, I mean, listen, through the tea leaves and stuff that you read, reports like that, I mean, like, in, like in sports in general, like, nothing surprised you anymore with these trades, like, with trades and things of that, things of that nature. So, I, I would not be, I'm not going to be shocked if he's moved, if he's not on Baltimore next year. I, I certainly won't be, uh, but I, again, it, it, to me, this is where, um, this is where adults, and this, this is where people, this is where you have to take a deep breath if you're a franchise, if you're Lamar Jackson, and really, like, forget, forget about the tweeting, forget about, you know, statements through the media, if you're with the franchise, this is where people just need to get in a closed room and hash it out. Like, the, the, like this is what needs to happen from that standpoint. If you for the best interest of everybody, um, because I don't believe, um, like I don't believe there's a franchise, despite, and we've discussed this at nauseum with the quarterback situation in the NFL. Yeah, he's gonna get his money, but I don't think he's not getting. I don't think there's gonna. I, I don't think someone. You think somebody's gonna make him the highest paid quarterback in the league? Of all time? No. Okay. No, so not only that, no one's going to give him all guaranteed money. So those two things are not going to happen. He's going to get his money from somewhere, but those two things are not going to happen. Because, um, yeah. I mean, this is, this is the bottom line. Um, and listen, sometimes you bet on yourself. And it goes well. Sometimes you bet on yourself and you hit snake eyes. And he, I'm not going to say he quite hit snake eyes because I think he's going get, to get his money, but it didn't go what it didn't go what the way he expected it. He did not finish the season. That's about, I mean, that's the bottom line. He didn't finish the season for the second year in a row. So, that, so now, on top of the fact that we people are not so completely sold on him as a as a guy who can uh, develop into a pocket passer and take some of those hits off his body. People are now questioning his durability moving forward. Like I read an article that said that made a good that made a good point saying, yeah, he's only twenty six, but look how many carries he has. Like he has running back type wear and tear on his body already at twenty six, and we know running backs start breaking down. That that's the, they don't make it to thirty for the most part. They start breaking down 26, 27, 25, 26, 27, 28. Um, so, yeah, um, it will be a story that dominates the offseason. Um, there, of course, will be a number, number of suitors uh, for him, and rightfully so. He is a dynamic talent. Uh, in the right situation, he would could absolutely flourish. That goes without saying. But, to Sap's point, uh, looking more and more like it won't be in uh, Baltimore. And also, too, and I don't know if you read some of this stuff, John Harbaugh is not a coach that is flexible as far as, like, you want to talk about old school in terms of, or even the Harbaugh's in general, they are, they have their way of thinking, and that's pretty much it. Like, they don't, 
I'm not gonna say they're not they're like that term. I, I'm not to use the term player. You don't use the term term players coach when you when you're describing the hardballs. This is not how they move. This is not. So they are not going. He's not. And he will be the coach next, like next year. Like they're not going to get rid of him and keep Lamar Jackson. That's not happening. Um, Harbaugh's not going to bend on the on Lamar Jackson and, and give in to Lamar Jackson from the stand from that standpoint. So, it you know you're Jackson. If you're a Baltimore fan, listen. You have you've had a great organization. They've made they've drafted well. They've developed talent. But it's one thing to draft well and develop talent. And replace that piece. There's one thing replacing uh, a wide receiver or a running back or a, even an offensive tackle or a defensive tackle or you know defensive end. That piece is the most irreplaceable in all of sports right now. Period. So, like I said, cooler heads need to prevail. Um, uh, if I'm, if you know, if you're a if you're a Baltimore fan, to get this situation rectified, but it seemingly seemingly like that will not be the case. Stock up, uh, NFC East. You have three NFC East teams in the divisional round. Um, the NFC East was the class of the league uh, all year long. They've proven it throughout the course of these playoffs as well. And they, um, again, they go. They you know, you had two. They had you know, two games where they both won on the road. Uh, now, of course, you have Philadelphia and New York, and then you have Dallas taking on San Francisco. So, definitely stock up you know, in regards to uh, the NFC East division. Who do you have for stock up? Yeah, I mean, you got to give it to the NFC East. I mean, three teams in the division. It's going to get better than that. Um, so, yeah, I think it could be higher on the NFC East. Stock down. Brandon Staley, um, I think this was an easy one for me. I could have went. I also could have went. We could have definitely went Joey Bosa as well. Uh, they're kind of actually, mine, they, mine. yeah, yeah. I'm sure. Yep, yep. Yeah, so you just as a head, as a head coach, um, you cannot I like to have the to lose a 27 point lead. Anywhere, home or away, in a playoff game, and to have and have the better quarterback, it just can't happen. And to me, I've seen too many situations over the course of his short tenure in Los Angeles where it's like, "What are you doing? Why? Why are you doing this?" And it's too many. Like it's been way too many head scratching situations with Staley. I think he's a decent coach, but. If I'm if I have Justin Herbert and the time is already clicking because Justin Herbert is about to get paid. Matter of fact, he might get paid in this offseason. They were talking about reading an article about that a couple of days ago. That yeah, you need to take advantage of that rookie. I think yeah, he might have what they. I think they can wait one more year before they have to uh, pay him. And then once they pay him, of course, we know what happens with that with the rest of the roster and, and what have what have you. But they've wasted. Two years of Justin Herbert, who we know is an all-world caliber quarterback, all-world talent, and you don't get those years back. Hey, hey, if you don't win early with that level, with that type, that's why you know this is a this is a big year for uh for Cincinnati. 
it's a huge obviously it's a, I mean well Buffalo like yeah big year for Buffalo as well even though because uh, Allen's contract yeah. will certainly yeah. will start to kick in next year so yeah no so like you do it's simple mathematics that's it cannot pay everybody once you give your if you have a star quarterback and you have to a franchise guy with quarterback you pay him the kind of money that you have to pay him and you have you have to pay a Herbert you have to pay a Burrow you have to pay a Josh Allen Mahomes what have you that that's just goes without saying so they've wasted two years of Herbert you have nothing to show for it you have one playoff appearances with no wins to show for it yeah Stanley like Stanley has to go. It's just that simple. Like, yeah, I, I can't. I don't want to hear. I know they got rid of the coordinator, whatever. That's like that's like firing the hitting coach in baseball to me. I, you know, I don't pay that too much too much mind. Coordinators, I mean, Leftwich is gone from Tampa Bay, but ultimately, it's it's about the head coach, and I just cannot envision them winning at a high level with this guy as their head coach. Your stock down, of course, was uh, Joey Bosa. Yeah, seven player, big playoff game, leader in defense, captain team, can't have that type of game. Could not be more disappointed. Back is very, very much down. Yeah, no, his 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 behavior was just like that. That's that's just it, it's it was buffoonish. It was just. Something like a you expect out of a rookie or first, or somebody a first year second year player, it, like that can't be like the leader of your defense or one of the leaders along with of course Merwin James as well. Um, but they like no, you you can't have that that situation. Not just once, but twice. You do the same shit, um, and basically again cost your team points. In essence, led to them help lead to help lead to them losing you can't be as a great player you've heard this term in sports you can't be the reason why your team loses if you're a great player or have great talent you just can't be like like it's one thing if you lose and you play great and y'all lose it's like okay you did your thing you just didn't have enough whatever whatever especially in football which you know is uh you know what you need need more people playing well than about any other sport but you can't you can't be Metcalf. You can hold their head high, right? Yeah, there, there are a few players that can hold their their heads high. Uh, this week that that loss, yeah, there are a couple. There are a couple that can hold their heads high. Uh, that that took L's, but um, yeah, no, nah, you cannot be the reason. I mean, Asante, you know, Asante Samuel Jr. You know, <laughs> had a great game mm-hmm. and a defeat, so he can walk out the stadium and be like, "Look, I did everything I could do," but. You, uh, yeah, Joey Bosa, Joey Bosa, Jack, that was just like, no, like, I can't, like, it's it's like, and we're like, what are, what are we doing here? Like, what, like that, but that, like, again, yeah, that speaks obviously to him as a per, as an individual football player. I don't know what personally uh, off the field, but that speaks to the culture as well. That speaks to the coach, that, 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 that speaks 100% to the type of culture that the Chargers have. Uh, to be honest with you, when you see it, when you have your players melt down like that, period. Yep. Questions for Sap: How many teams remaining can win the Super Bowl? Four, I believe. Who are they? Maybe five of Dallas, but um, 
Yeah, four. Uh, Philadelphia, Kansas City, Cincinnati, Buffalo. I would say San Francisco, Philadelphia. I forgot about San Francisco. Yeah, you did. Okay. Yep. San Francisco, Philadelphia, Kansas City, Buffalo, and Cincinnati. I would say five. I would say five. The Cincinnati offensive line worries me. So I'm almost leaning to four and a possible, but I got I, I respect Burrow. I respect their defense. So I'll give them the benefit. And, you know, they've been there before, so I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. I think they're well coached. I'll give them the benefit of the doubt from that standpoint. So I would say five. Five out of the eight remaining. What will Brady's next move be? Uh, I like, the, I'm starting to like the idea of the Raiders move. Um, so, Patriots buy, like, that's not a thing. Um, first of all, that's not a thing. Um, and so, either he stays in Tampa, I, who knows why he would do that, but stays in Tampa, or I like him and, and him and Jackson Dennis reuniting with the Raiders and the Raiders thinking they want to do something. I want Brady back in the AFC. AFC. I want him back. Come back. We want our looks back. We did. Uh, I thought oh, my oh my hot take on Brady. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, great. My hot take on Brady was Brady's not making the playoffs. I've been doing his career mm. the last time. I actually agree with that. Yeah, I actually agree with that. I don't think he would make it with Tampa Bay again. I don't think he would make it even with the Raiders. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I yeah, I like the Raiders. If I had a, if I were a betting man, which I'm not, I, I would like lean towards the Raiders. I like the Tampa Bay thing, listen, you, the the Tampa Bay thing is done. Like you he maximized everything that you could out of a three year stint with Tampa Bay. You won Super Bowl, you went to the playoffs three straight years. Yeah, it's over. I mean that 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 deal is that that's a dead that's that that's done. There's there's no there's just no reason why I that to me uh that he would return to Tampa Bay next year. Like I don't I actually would be shocked if he came back to Tampa Bay. I just I'd like he can say all the nice things he wants about him. I I don't see it in Tampa Bay next year. I just don't the roster's not gonna get any younger. Uh Todd Bowles will still be the coach. Um, I don't care who the offensive coordinator is. I mean, it, you know, Byron, I don't blame Byron Leftwich at all. Like I that, like that's that wasn't on Byron Leftwich. He just somebody had to fall on the sword. So, you know, that's that's the nature of professional sports. But no, the Tampa Bay thing, I, I can't see that next year either. I can't. Raiders Raiders, the way we know the Raiders one of are a franchise that's that's going to Fox following with when they move their car. We're gonna to wanna to make a splashy move. He makes Brady that would make yeah. Brady temp like and Brady and Brady outside, you know, they have some talent there, Devontae Adams and, and what have you, and the other receiver Renfro. Brady's gotten to the stage in his career where he's into the splash as well. Like he's into like the like Brady's into, you know, being on television and kind of like that celebrity. So that it makes it actually makes perfect sense. Now I'm actually I'm actually thinking that I'm actually would be surprised that if it didn't happen. I mean, the Raiders can fuck it up. 
because they're the Raiders. But that to me would be the ideal move uh, that I see have Brady going because it just it make, it just makes too much sense to be honest with you. But he will one thing I, he will be playing football next year. I don't think he's I don't think he's retiring. I just don't I don't see that happen. I think he will be playing football next year. Who won the week? Oh, Jacksonville won the week. Without a shadow of a doubt. Make that type of comeback after that first half? Oh, a young team. Um, that was my assessment of that, that game. I was seeing two very young, immature teams. You make that type of comeback? Oh, you believe all, you have all the belief in the world. Yeah, no problem with that. Um, uh, I had Daniel Jones. Uh, I just think about where he's come from to where he's at right now. Like I, like I had no coming into the season. I like, yeah, I like Daniel Jones is another quarterback. Like I had no faith or belief in Daniel Jones whatsoever. Like this guy, like he's this guy's a mediocre quarterback. Like I just don't, I don't foresee. I don't. You told me that Daniel Jones was would ever win a playoff game. I would laugh at you. Would have laughed at you, but. Over the course of the season, he's gotten better. Uh, and they've had a myriad of injuries uh, offensively. Like, they've lost receiver after receiver. They didn't have great receivers to begin with. Look at some of the guys they're throwing to, like, the guy, the guy was in there. I think Hitchens, there's a guy basically was a throwaway. Like, y'all, he was on y'all team. <laughs> y'all, he was on the be the ex bill. And he was the best receiver on the field uh, on, on against the Vikings. Uh, yeah, no, nah, I, I think Daniel Jones, just his his development, like you said, giving Brian Dable all the credit in the world, but he just does not play above his head. Like, he does not make, he's not going to make that catastrophic mistake. He has gotten, like this year, you know, obviously early in his career, he was an absolute turnover machine. I mean, a turnover waiting to happen, that that has not been the case this year. Uh, we've seen a lot of quarterbacks completely melt down their first playoff game, especially on the road. I mean, Kyler Murray last year, and uh, he comes out there and plays the, the game of his life in his very first playoff game. That's that's special to be on the road. And again, the giant offense, minus Saquon Barkley, does not have a lot. There's not a lot there. It's just not. Like, Saquon's good. Boy, he's good. There's not. There, the yeah, yeah this, it's not a lot there at all. So, I like I said, I, I like I said earlier, I believe that they might have found their quarterback that they could develop, and as long as they keep adding pieces. And the thing about Jones, as it compares to some of the quarterbacks we've talked about over the course of the podcast, you are not going to have to break the bank to keep him. Like he, I think he will get a team friendly contract, maybe a slightly above team friendly contract, but I, I don't see like you don't you don't have to go deep into the well. Like you can surround him with some pieces. Like you can pay him and still surround yourself with some pieces with the right development and with the right moves. So that's the advantage that the Giants could possibly have moving forward if I'm looking ahead to it, you know, to their future uh with that franchise. But with that being said, I think he absolutely I think he won the week. Look at the Jacksonville won. You know, you overcome a 27-point lead, 27-point deficit anywhere. Uh, you definitely have a right to have a claim of winning uh, the week. Biggest disappointment, I think this was a pretty easy one. 
Uh, biggest disappointment. Oh, yeah, we you talked Gary Bosa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's just go. Let's just go to put by your Chargers. Just the Chargers as a whole. It's got to be the Chargers. I just <laughs> this is like I said. No, you it must, can't happen. It can't happen. It just can't happen. It there are certain happen. franchises. There are certain franchises that you just don't. For right and right for the search, you will never ever trust. I will never trust the Atlanta Falcons after twenty to three. I will never trust the Los Angeles Clippers after three one against Denver. The certain president, I just I would will just never trust them ever. I never trusted the Minnesota Vikings after the ninety eight NFC Championship. Um, certain franchises you just can't trust, and the Chargers without question fall into that category. They are the epitome of a franchise you can't t- trust. They they and what happens with the Chargers is, and you know this as well as I do, they tease you with the talent, with the potential. They te- it's tantalizing. They this is they can't just be regular bad. Like Detroit has been just horrible to where it's like ah you you're not even good enough to be a tease. You know? The Washington football team, we've just been horrible. We're not even good enough to be a, we haven't been good enough to be a tease. The Chargers will have every so often they'll get some great they'll get a bunch of talent, stack a bunch of talent, make some make a smart trade or two, and it's like, oh the char oh, look out for the Chargers. Like, could the Chargers beat anybody? They get they on paper. And it's like, nah, nah. It doesn't even matter about the talent because they they are who they are. They are they, they just are. And I I will not believe it. Until I actually see them holding up a Super Bowl trophy against this Super Bowl. I just won't believe it. Sorry. That's, that's where I'm at with the Chargers right now. That's where I'm at. So they are, the, without question, uh, the biggest disappointment. Uh, probably the biggest disappointment of, you know, 2023 right now, or in terms of sports, like uh, in terms of you know, on the field. Like, I, like they, they, they might hold that title for a minute. Uh, Division playoff preview. Um, we have a great, great set of games this weekend. Like it, it is going to be. It's such an intriguing mix um, with the divisional, with what we got going on in Buffalo, uh, and even listen the first game. So we'll get to the first game. Kansas City, Jacksonville. On paper, a complete mismatch, experience, talent, what have you. Uh, can you give our fans any reason? I don't people are going to watch. But does yep. Jacksonville have I any got hope? one. I do have one. Go ahead. Go ahead. I oh, go do ahead. have one. I do have one. I do. Me and my brother, he, he convinced me about this. So I have to give, give my brother Eddie Sapp complete credit for this one. Because I was, I was firmly in that. I think most people are is that Kansas City is going to beat them 40 to 10, something crazy like that. Right. But um, he did He did remind me of two things. A, um, the absolute youth and just confidence and just, just dumb enough to not know what they don't know and not know they're not supposed to win this game. Um, it's supposed to get blown off the bill, right? So it's like that you got a superstar quarterback on that side absolutely as well. Um, and then, but the biggest point being, Kansas City, and I've said this, has a lot of Golden State in them. When right. they think they're better than their opponent, clearly better, they play around. They just play around. Right. Inexplicably, they play around. 
And so that's the little glimmer of hope that I can give um, fans who just want to see good football games or Jacksonville Jaguar fans is that Jacksonville is young enough, dumb enough, and talented enough to not know that they're supposed to lose this game. And Kansas City has the tendency, the teams they feel confident that they're better than, to play around and let them hang around in games. I think those two combinations could give us something. Could. Could. Now, Kansas City comes out and plays their A game, no shot. Yeah, I, I think so. I think the worst thing that happened in Jacksonville was coming back like that. <laughs> because I think now, I think Kansas City has their, they have Kansas City's full attention from that standpoint. I think if, if I would feel better about Jacksonville being, I would feel better about Jacksonville being competitive if they had just won a regular game, per se, against, against the Chargers. But Kansas City is going to have that, like, like Kansas City will have their full they like that comeback can't like you know if you're Andy Reid you don't need any more obviously they're motivated it's the playoffs but watching that it's like oh this team uh, anything is possible this team came back from twenty seven nothing that that I'm sure was is being hammered as we speak that's being hammered down the uh, the minds of, of of the Chiefs and I also think I would feel better about Jacksonville if the Chiefs were like coming off a Super Bowl win. Versus coming off being eliminated in their own building in the AFC Championship, so I think they're running into a Jacksonville is running into a, a brick wall with the, with the Chiefs as far as just motivation and just that eye the tiger. I, I think they don't. I, I think I expect a big time performance. Out of Kansas City. I really do. Uh, I, I, I this game to me, you will have forty one seventeen that type of score written all over. I see. I I, I think that, and I and also I think that. When you, when you see a game like that, you have that emotional comeback. It takes a lot to come back emotionally, more so emotionally than physically. I To try to get up, even though it's a divisional game, it's kind of like we did our job in terms of winning this one playoff game. It's like what I, I kind of question how much reserve does Jacksonville have left in the tank from an emotional standpoint. Can you emotionally get back up after that type of comeback? To even make it competitive. We, we don't want us to think that they would, could possibly win the game because they can't, um, in my mind. But, yeah, I, there's too many things. to be, I, I, like, I don't think this game is going to be competitive, to be honest with you. I, I just don't. Um, but you're, but you're, to your point, to, to your buzz point, I mean, those are f- fair and valid points. We've seen Kansas City toy with horrible teams over the course of this season. Indianapolis, and, you know, they, like I said, they, you know, they could become past happy when they probably should run the ball, kind of get, maybe this was last year, but in some cases get loose with the football. Uh, but this game, I, I just think is this, this thing might, this thing would probably get ugly. But to, I mean, I, I, I mean, trying to, you know, give, give, give a, a glimmer of hope. I mean, there, there's, Jacksonville has no advantage at any spot no. on the field. No. no. No advantage at all. It just, it's just a bad matchup. It's a horrible matchup. It's a horrible matchup. Um, coaching, there, there's just nothing. There's nothing. nothing. No. I mean, who, who, who talk, I mean, come on. That, I mean, who's there? Really? I mean, come on. Come on. I mean, just, they're, they're just, this is, this is a tasty match. 
this my my you wanna know my real thought? Here's my real thought. Now I'm not being with my real thought. I was just like, of course Kansas did get Jacksonville. Of course they do. Um, and that's not to say they wouldn't beat the hell out of Chargers because they probably would have, but it's just like, of course they get the lower seed. Kansas City lives this charmed existence where they just have to have that first round by and get and get the lower seed to have the less physical matchup. Let's just call it that um, of the of the next round. So. Um, yeah, this is this is a tasty matchup for Kansas City, if we're being honest. With our 100%. Problems. Yeah. I mean, listen, to avoid Cincinnati and Buffalo to the conference final, to the, to the championship game, yeah. is an enormous yeah. advance. That's, that's, enormous why the, that's why the one seed was so yes, vital. Important. Yeah. That's yep. why it was so important. Yep. Um, Saturday night, very tantalizing matchup, for, I feel, the Giants in Philadelphia. I want to say, man, this has, like, I like Philadelphia a lot. You know, I've been, I've been high on Philadelphia in far. I've been, I've, I've been cold, high and cold in Philadelphia over the past, yeah, over the past <laughs> month or so. I, this, it has, I just, it has upset written all over. I'm just going to say it. Like, I, I like, wow. I've seen it. I've, yeah, man. I love I've seen, I've seen, I love it. I've seen, I've seen this movie before as far as that. All it. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm picking the Giants to win this game. I'm picking the Giants to win this game. Okay. I, yeah, I think it. that the Giants have the Giants have some mo- some mo- mojo going right now. I love the I okay. love the Giant karma right now. Like the just even how they're talking after the game with the coach with the, uh, Dable saying like, "Yo, we haven't done anything. Like, we good, we cool. We won this playoff game. Excited, but no, we're not. We're not done yet." So even with that, even you start hearing stuff like that, it's like, okay. But I just seen this movie so many times where you have the kind of the hot wild card team that had to fight to get in the playoffs. And we see it in baseball as well. Going against a team that's kind of been living the charmed life during the season, great record, number one seed, and then before you know it, they're out the playoffs. Like I like I've, I mean, the Giants have done this to teams uh, in the Eli Manning days to Green Bay, and they did it to did it to uh, who they beat in the divisional game, Dallas, and when they won their first Super Bowl, not the first Super, Bowl, but the first of the Eli Super Bowl, two Super Bowls. So I I've just seen this movie before with these again these the hot wild card teams catching these divisional teams um, sleeping. Coming off a buy, like yeah, I'd rather have the buy, like for the reasons that we just mentioned. You get the rest, and you get to avoid, like if you're in the case of Kansas City, you get to avoid Buffalo and Cincinnati. Uh, Philadelphia, of course, needed the rest to get healthier, but I like I the division, and plus this. Here's the most important thing: there's no fear factor. The division. This we we spoken on this throughout the course of this play, uh, the podcast. That that divisional aspect just is an element that cannot be quantified. It can't be measured. The Giants have will have zero fear of, of Philadelphia. None. None whatsoever. And remember, last time they played, uh, forget about the, the, the game at the end of the year. That didn't mean that that was whatever. The real time where both teams were at it, the, the, the Eagles beat the hell out of them. That's in the Giants' crawl. That that will the Giants not forget about, not forget about that. They're certainly not gonna forget about that. But I just again, Philadelphia absolutely should win this game. They're clearly the better team. We know we we all know this. 
And Philadelphia has been great over the course of the season. But, man, I just I could not stop thinking about this game. There's going to be an upset here this weekend. There's going Somebody's going to get upset. At least one team going to get upset. Maybe two. I would lean towards one. One, if I really would. If you maybe done in my head, one. This is the one to me that stood out. It really did. Like, uh, again, I... From a strategic standpoint, I could like I I can only say, hey, Daniel Jones playing well. Uh, the Giants, you know, hurts. I don't know. Again, I don't know which. That's the, the reason why I'm picking the Giants. I don't know what which Jalen hurts I'm getting. I know he's had the extra week, but I, I I don't know. This mind you, even if he was healthy, this is his first playoff start of his career. So that's a that's a another that's a factor that I like. Eh, don't know how. I mean. We saw how we've seen how a couple of quarterbacks responded in these playoffs and have played well. Purdy, Brock Purdy, and also um, Daniel, Daniel, uh, Daniel Jones. But I don't know if I'm getting that out of Jalen Hurts. I, I just don't know. I got to see it. Uh, Philadelphia should win the game, but I got, again, this is my upset special with the Giants. Philadelphia, with the uh, Giants taking, the, uh, taking Philly, I would say 24-21. Because the field goal, uh, Graham Gano field goal wins it. Love it. That's a bold pick. I'm going to complete opposite direction. So Zephyr is a better team. They have way more talent than the Giants. Yada, yada, yada. Um, the Giants, I mean, Philadelphia win this game 31 13. All right. Cincinnati, Buffalo, uh, the matchup Ooh. of the weekend. Um, this game uh, is just everything that you want in a football game. Um, you're talking about two of the best, frankly, two of the best quarterbacks in the league who are both like 26 and under. We're talking about teams that could be meeting in the playoffs for years to come. Everything uh, that happened, that transpired on what January 2nd, um, kind of like an unfinished business as far as teams you know, playing the game. Um, these are two teams that are going to be going at it for the next, you know, half decade, decade or so. And I'm fat. Again, Cincinnati offensive line is a major question mark. They could not protect Joe Burrow in the last game. They definitely um, adjusted their play call to that. Uh, to that. Um, Buffalo, you know, probably played their C game against Miami, divisional opponent. But we're able to survive. We know the ebbs and flows that come with Josh Allen when he's great. He's as good as get good as it gets. But lately, um, in the last month or so, he has not played at a high high. He has not played at a, a very high level. Twenty two turnovers this season. I repeat, twenty two mm-hmm. turnovers this season. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a lot. That's too many for a star quarterback. Too many for any quarterback, mm-hmm. let alone somebody of his caliber. Um, just again, and the defense, the Cincinnati defensive coordinator is 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 one is one of the best in the league. Like he did that guy, especially in the second half, especially with in-game adjustments. Amarillo, um, he'll get a coaching a look at a, a head coaching spot for sure. He uh, that that chess match between he and and. And Buffalo's offense will be fascinating. The chess match between Legend Frazier and Joe Burrow will be fascinating. This is just a tantalizing game. If you're a football 
curious this this is it doesn't get much better than this frankly like this is this is like a a heavyweight championship fight frankly and and i'm looking forward to it and i think it's this it's almost keep it real keep it real i i i lean towards uh burrow and cincinnati because i just trust him more than i do josh allen right now i just do i just trust him a little bit more and I think that ultimately that will be the difference. It's not so much the plays that Earl will make. It will be the plays that Josh Allen does make that causes, I think, the Bills to lose. Like trying to do too much in a big spot. Or making, you know, taking a chance when you should check it down. So I, that's, I think it will be his mistakes. Not so much Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow being all world. Because I think both defenses will contain those two quarterbacks to where none of them, neither one of them will explode because I think these are two very good defensive teams. This, will be a diff- this, is game, this game is going to be a defensive game. It's not going to be a high-scoring game. So I I would say 23-20 uh, Cincinnati. Very close game. Very, again, I'll be shocked if it's not the game of the week. I just would be. Yeah. Um, so it's Bad G. I, I debated this in my head. It's bad GG to publicly air some thoughts. So here's what I will say. I do not like the way that Josh Allen is playing. I'll be very clear on that. Um, I have significant concerns about um, my defense's ability to tackle in space um, and um, cover um, wide receivers the ability that is needed in a game like this. Um, I agree with you. It is going to be a close one that would be decided by a turnover or two. Um, if I, if you force me to make a pick, I'm going to go 25-24 Buffalo. Yep, makes sense. Somebody going to tell you, it's going to be a very... It did, it's going to be a game where, like, to your point, where like a play here or there will decide it. There'll be there will be a defining play or a couple of plays that are the difference. Absolutely, it would be without question to me a four quarter game. Um, it will be a game of patience. Like who? Because both defenses will force both quarterbacks to be patient. Uh, these, both of these quarterbacks are highly aggressive, love to take shots down the field, want to go for the home run ball uh, more times than not. But they will not be able to do so with the way the defenses, these two defenses will be designed in terms of what their coverage is. Neither one, like, you, you will see a number, a number of three-man fronts from Cincinnati, like that's that that's what they do. They do that as well as any team in the league with their coverage. Uh, to me, the team that I, I would say this, I'll make this prediction minus uh, just a boatload of turnovers or some kickoff return, or something like some wild like that happening. Team that runs the ball the best will more than likely win this game. Who can have a love that? Love who, that. Who will run the ball most effectively? That to me will be probably minus the quarterbacks, which you know obviously goes without saying. 
But that, to me, is a will be probably the deciding factor. Who can establish that running game? Because they're going to have to. You're going to have to run the ball effectively against these two defenses with the way they're going to be designed, with the way the coverages and, and the way these these two coordinators. These, these are two of the best court defensive coordinators in the league. So they like they they're not going to. You're not. They're not going to allow you to beat to beat them with with these deep balls or these with these big, big, big plays like that. This is not that that's not gonna happen. So uh be that's interesting to see the running, you know, like I said, we keep your eye on the running game. Like I said, mentioned earlier, the Cincinnati opposite line right now is in shambles. Can you know what they're gonna have to run the ball to keep Buffalo off, you know, Joe Burrows' ass. But be to be fair about be fair about the Buffalo defensive line has not been the same without uh, Vaughn Miller. Period. That there's been a significant drop that's, off. That's the that's the definitive point right there. This is this is the game where he brought Vaughn Miller in yes, for, and he's 100. Yep. That's that's the definitive point. That is that that you that you that that is a. You can't quantify how big of a loss that is. Like, it's just like, with, with, I mean, the guy's a Hall of Famer. Like, he's all, he's literally an all time great. But to your point, you this is what this is the game you brought him in for. Like, he that he's just you know he, he could he could wreck a game, period. Uh, so that I thought about it, and I you know thought about him when when thinking about this game. Like, yeah, this that that defense line is still very deep and talented, but not quite the same. Without uh, without him, they're not the same. Not so much, not quite. They're just not the same without him. Um, the Sunday night game, primetime game, Dallas uh, at San Francisco. Uh, this is we know this to be a classic rivalry uh, going mm-hmm. back for years upon years. These two teams, franchises, uh, like ruled the nineties. Uh, they basically were like you know nuclear powers. Uh, in the football, where it got, where it was at a point where it was either Dallas or San Francisco in terms of not who was going to get to the Super Bowl, but who was going to win the Super Bowl uh, from 92 to 95. I mean, they won four straight Super Bowls uh, during, that, during that time span. Um, we returned kind of like to the scene of the crime to, from a standpoint of Dallas's, it, a couple of things, like you had the catch, right, in 81 that propelled Joe, the Joe Montana, Bill Ross dynasty, Dwight, Dwight Howard, not Dwight Howard, Dwight Clark. Then you had in 92, which was one of the great NFL teams of all time, the Dallas going on the road against San Francisco and taking them out, taking Steve Young and Jerry Rice out in that 92 championship game, 30 to 20. So, a lot of history with these two these two franchises. Again, we, we remember it. You like, uh, yeah, I know you remember that. <laughs> that Dallas '92 team was loaded. One of the great teams of all time. Um, so in terms of this game, um, I'm not going to get too overly uh, reactional to what Dallas did to Tampa Bay. Um, I picked Tampa Bay with my heart more than my head. You. <laughs> Uh, to the point, Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay was absolutely done. Like they were cooked and flamed, were done, like done, done. They were just they, that that team franchise was just done. And give two thousands credit, they took advantage of it. Um, but I'm not, I'm not going to be over, overreact to that. 
San Francisco is a better football team than Dallas. They're a better football team. Uh, they're a more physical football team. Um, now, Dak Prescott is a more experienced quarterback than Brock Purdy. Okay. But I, he is, Dak Prescott is still prone to making mistakes to me. Um, in terms of the interception, we've seen that, of course, in the season with the pick sixes and what have you. The San Francisco defense, the room for error is minimal. They're going, like, San Francisco is going to get turnovers in this game to me. Like, that's just no two ways about it. The question is, can Dallas withstand those turnovers early on to not get knocked out early? Because San Francisco is like, the San Francisco reminds me kind of like a Mike Tyson in their heyday. They are trying to knock you out in the first round. They're, they're, they're coming after your head. Like, you... When you come play San Francisco, you better come to play from the first snap. They're not messing around. They they are coming from they're coming for your throats right off the jump. So they're trying to they're trying to hit you ten nothing, fourteen nothing, twenty one nothing, right like immediately. So if Dallas can withstand that first hit, I think this would be a very competitive game. Uh, could even be a four quarter game. Um, and. Could be, you know, maybe, maybe possibly turn into a classic. Possibly, it has classic potential because Dallas. We know Dallas is a talented team. They can run the football. Uh, they have some weapons. They have, you know, some weapons with the wide receivers. Not they, not what they used to be with the wide receivers. But I think the actually the receivers have started. Have, they have some talent, talent at the wide receiver with CD Lamb. They can do some things with the tight end. So, I, I see, I thirty. 31, I'll say 31, 21, 31, 23, 31, 21, somewhere in that range. But I, I love San Francisco, just like they're click, like just, just a complete football team that's clicking on all cylinders. And to your point a couple of weeks ago, maybe my last week or a couple of weeks ago, Brock, Brock Purdy is the real deal. He's absolutely the real deal, no pun intended. And I'm not talking about just fantastic talent, I'm just talking about. He checks the boxes of pocket presence, poise, leadership, unflappable. Like he checks those intangible boxes that I that we love in our quarterbacks. And by the way, the Trent Williams about Makai Parsons, Makai Parsons matchup will be that that's worth the price of admission. That that matchup, we're gonna see that matchup. That you're talking about the best. Probably the best offensive lineman versus the, the the number one pass rush right now in football. That that would be that that's a, a talk about games within the game. Take your keep your eye on, eyes on that matchup. That's like like uh, has all that that has is it's gonna be fun to watch if they when they when they match up. They're gonna match up at times. Michael Parsons. Yeah, yeah, I I I agree, but um. That this would be a really good game, and that um, potential to be a classic. Um, I feel like uh, a 34-31 game is 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 for like uh, San Francisco. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah, I I think it's to be I think it's to be very. 
I think this is going to be a very entertaining game. Uh, I, I think it could be a big play game. Um, like I said, I think San Francisco from top to bottom is the better team. I think they're a better coach team. Um, I I think that they are will be prone to not making the big mistake. And that's what I'm going to look for in, in these games. As we get further and further along in the playoffs, it's not so much. Don't get caught up in about, don't get caught up in the 80 yard touchdown pass. Don't get caught up in 300 yard passers and all these numbers and what have you. Teams that make less, that don't beat themselves will end up going furthest and winning. It's just like that. That's been football. That's just been the nature of the beast, especially in the last fifteen to twenty years, as the gap between these teams have gotten has has gotten has kind of has shrunk post to a point a few weeks ago post Patriots. Like those mistakes, coaching mistakes, penalties, Joey Bosa, dumb shit, missed kicks. That is, those are the things that 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 will get you beat. And speaking of missed kicks, that's another another thing. Like the my, you cannot tell me that 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 I. Can trust that quarter that can trust that kicker in a big spot. Like I've never that like that, especially on grass. Like I mean, I I've never seen. I mean, he was on grass last week too. So like that that that. So he'll be he'll be on grass this week as well. I I can't trust that dude. Like in in a big spot. I can, I, I that is. I like I say I might not let him get back on the got on got on the plane back to Dallas after that. I'm like, man, what? Uh, what are you? I was like, that, that's like you. That remind me of when I used to play uh, Madden and couldn't couldn't take an extra point, uh, field goal. I was like, damn, mm-hmm. I know how you feel, brother. I'm like, why, why is it so hard? <laughs> like you talk about in your own head. I mean. So that is a that's another thing to look at to look for if this game is close. Uh, Robbie Gould, who has been a you know a, as money of a kicker as there is in the last decade or so, uh, versus Brent Maher, and I think there's a clear clear distinct advantage towards Robbie Gould uh, from that standpoint. But I think Dallas's talent will keep them in the game. They are a very very immensely talented football team. And, you know, there's a fact that getting over somewhat, I'm not saying they got over a hump, but, you know, getting some momentum, beating Tom Brady, uh, playoff win on the road, that first playoff win on the road since going back to that 92 championship game, you know, uh, has them probably feeling good about, feeling a little good about themselves. But uh, San Francisco is is a, like no, like, no one in the NFL is playing better than San Francisco right now. Like, no one. Like, they are a machine. Um, and you know, Brock Purdy just like I, I mean, we might be watching something, we might be on to something here in terms of some terms of yeah. uh, we might, we like, we might be on really, really in a real way on to something with this dude because he's not supposed to be playing like this as a third string, like this. Like, I was looking at his last six, seven games, it's not like no, forget about game manager. No, he's he's been one of the best quarterbacks in the league. During that stretch, he's literally been one of the best quarterbacks. Statistically, he's been one of the best quarterbacks in the league, and I think that that's something to we need to start. Well, you are you already been on it, but really in a real way, start taking note of like it's not just a one off. This is this is six to seven weeks now of of a body of work that we have on this dude. So, um, 
fun game. Uh, should be a great weekend. It will be a great weekend uh, with these divisional games. Always considered to be the best weekend uh, of football in the NFL because when, when you have the 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 two top seeds come out, come out the box, come out, you know, come out yep. the box and join the party. And you know, I think again, you're gonna have um, these divisional matchups, man, like that. That Philly New York Giants, I'm just getting fascinated by that matchup with the, in terms of just from a divisional standpoint. Uh, the Buffalo Cincinnati, you know, speaks for itself. Um, one of these, I, I think, I mean, one of these games will get away. Like, you can see one game getting away. I mean, I, if I had a candidate, if there was a candidate to be for one of the games getting away, it would be Jacksonville. Kansas City, you have Philadelphia, you have Philadelphia Giants. I don't think that game is going to even Philadelphia wins. I think that's going to be a rock fight. Like I think that's going. I like I don't see them manhandling. I just don't see them pushing around the Giants. At this I, time. I hope so. I, I just don't. Um, so should be a great uh, weekend of football. Uh, we are closer and closer I mean, to you know Super Bowl Fifty Seven. Uh, we mentioned earlier that. We both think that there are five teams that will win the Super Bowl, which, again, it's a lot. It's a lot of it was only it's only eight teams remaining. So, to the fact that five of them could win just lets you know um, that uh, where the NFL is at right now. And again, some something crazy is going to happen that we just didn't see coming. I just I, the way the season has gone, something something is going to happen in one of these games that is like. Like that, we just say, huh? Like what? Like it's just, I, I just, I, I don't know. Like I said, I predict, I predict the giant, the giant win. That could be it, or it could be something else. I mean, I mean, I, I, was, I predict it would be in the Cincinnati Buffalo game. As a matter of fact, I, if I could lock that up, that something they would just be like, what, what, just what will happen in that game? Yeah, that's the end. I lock up for that craziness. Yeah, no, that game, yeah, that, that game has all the makings. Yeah, that game, like, it just it just does. That game has all the makings. Like I said, there, with that matchup, getting back to that matchup, there's so many variables. There's so many, like, there's so much going on within that matchup. Like I said, there, in terms of games within the games, like, just, I, like I said, just the overall matchups between those coaching staffs are, it's just going to be just fascinating to watch. Like, that, um, both of those teams are, are are just extremely well coached uh football teams on, on both sides of the ball. And again, we're dealing with dealing we're dealing with two just high, high level quarterbacks who both want to stake their claim to being the next one. Like these are guys that are highly competitive. They both want to stake their claim to being that that dude. And It'll be, it'll be interesting to see which one handles it. I, I like I said, I lean like myself, lean towards Joe to towards Burrow, you know, to handle that moment, that big moment, a little better than Allen. But in Allen's defense, we have seen him play in his career two perfect playoff games, both last year with against Kansas City and against also New England. So he, we know that he can play on the big stage as well. So should be fun. Uh, looking forward to it because we'll be, we'll be back to break it down and also to give you any major off the field news. Uh, we're starting to see a lot of coaches. We're starting to see obviously coaches getting interviewed and fire coordinators getting fired. Um, Eric B. Enemy interviewed with uh, a couple of teams. Um, who else? Uh, 
not one thing. Sean Payton interview with Houston, which I found curious. So here's the here's the so, no, here's no here's the thing though here's the connection right so Peyton goes on the show and says yeah I don't see Lamar Jackson I think that Lamar Jackson deal is done and then you hear Peyton interview over Houston I was like actually makes sense is is Sean Payton going to be in the mix to bring Lamar Jackson to Houston that's because it to me when I heard when I, when I actually heard that Peyton was interviewing with Houston before. He talked about uh, what he thought was going to happen with Lamar Jackson, and I was like, "I'm like, why? What? Are you in Houston, David Mills? Like, what are we doing here? Like, what? what? But then, it made all the sense in the world when I with with, with what he said uh, about Lamar Jackson. Once I realized that he had interviewed with Houston, so you know, the NFL, the NFL all season is going to be it's it's going to be. Another wild one. It's gonna be some stuff that had a lot, a lot of stuff that happens, especially with these quarterbacks. Um, that happens, but um, expect some of these jobs to start, uh, you know, start getting filled soon. Um, so we'll be definitely be talking um, about that. That's gonna wrap it up for this latest edition of the Real Bill Podcast. As always, I'd like to thank one Robert Seth and good luck to his Buffalo Bills. All right, sir. Appreciate that. Have a great week. You too. We will see you next time. The Real Deal Podcast is on my YouTube channel. Also, anywhere where podcasts are available. We have a lot of exciting uh, things coming up on the horizon. I can't share everything with you right now, but it's, it's, it's an exciting time to be a part of the Real Deal Podcast. And again, I'd like to thank everyone for their support. Enjoy the rest of your evening. So 